0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the plains to the recruiting trail. And all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey
0: everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. Welcome to the Roundtable Iron Bowl edition. I'm joined by Philip Marshall, Jason Caldwell, and Keith Niebuhr today. We hope you're having a happy Thanksgiving and uh, spend time with family and friends. And uh, no turkey today at the Roundtable, but but let's talk turkey. Um, That was a horrible joke. Hey, um, Philip, we yes. we've, we started making our predictions for the Iron Bowl, and I saw your prediction. I don't. I'm not going to give it away. But I'll man, give it away.
2: We can talk about it.
0: Okay. Well, I didn't know. I I just uh, Nick Saban's 0 and 4 against ranked Auburn teams at Jordan Hare Stadium. Yep, that's incredible to me. I I that I wouldn't even have thought that.
2: Well, you got all you young guys that like analytics, uh, <laughs> and. and and trends and all that stuff. I'll just read it to you. When Auburn has been ranked in the top 25, it's 8-1 and against Alabama at home. That only loss was in 2001. When it's gone into the game with eight or more wins, it's 6-0 and against Alabama at home. And 3-0 and against Saban in Alabama. Gus Malzon is 2-0. As the head coach at Alabama and LSU, Saban is 0-4 against ranked Auburn teams at Jordan Air Stadium. And, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, trends over a long period of time. It's a hard place for Alabama to play. It just is.
0: Oh yeah, certainly. And you know, I I I don't I just don't know how to pick That I know I know where I'm gonna pick. I'm picking Alabama, but like, and the only reason why I'm doing it is I feel like a jilted lover. I feel like I've been burned too many times by uh-huh. Auburn. I thought, hey, they're gonna beat Georgia, and then they come out and fall behind twenty one nothing, and I'm going, Wow, this is not good. And then they come back, obviously, but I can't get that out of the back of my head, I guess, going into this game. Let's go around the table. What do we think we're going to see from this Auburn offense against this Alabama defense first off? And then we'll go throughout the entire game. But that, that that's the one area I've got a big question about.
2: I think that uh, 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 one thing I will point out to you first is Auburn's record against Georgia at Jordan Hare Stadium isn't nearly as good as it is against Alabama. Not even close. Right, right, yeah. And uh, uh, for many years, uh, the the home team almost always lost the Auburn Georgia game. Up until about the mid two thousands, it was like the the it was the home field disadvantage. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I think it's the same thing as most games. I think Auburn's got to run the ball. I think Alabama has to run the ball. I think the, whoever runs the ball best will probably also throw it best, because neither one of these quarterbacks is, is likely to drop back and throw it forty times without much of a running game and uh, and and be successful. So I, I think that's the key to the key to the game for both sides is, is being able. To, now I'm not talking about 250 yards. I'm talking about being able to run it well enough. They got to. They have to uh, to account for it and can't just can't just. Uh, play pass defense and get after the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I I agree, but I think it happens in different ways. I think Auburn has to throw the ball to be able to run it. I think that's the, I just don't think this team the way it's made can line up and grind out yards uh against a, and I think this Alabama defense to me, they're young, they made some mistakes. I think they're better than LSU in the front seven. Um physically. And that's why I think you, I think you got to throw it to set up the run. I think it, all Alabama has to run it to to pass it, And I, think I agree completely on that one. That's why I think, for me, one of the keys of this game is Auburn's defense, not stopping Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, those guys, and putting this game on the shoulders of Mac Jones. And as crazy as it sounds, making him make a beat you throw into football. But I think for Auburn, you got to. It's got to be what we saw most of the time against Ole Miss. What we saw a lot of against Georgia. You got to finish those drives. But I think you got to throw short. Use the running backs in the passing game. Get take a six-yard pass on first down, um, set up second, medium, second, short. To me, that's that's the way – and to me, the only way I think Auburn can score enough points to win this game.
3: Yeah, you know, I don't – this one's a hard one to figure. You know, Auburn's struggles against good teams this year on offense has just been – you know, what? I, I wouldn't say it's been total disasters. At times, they've moved the ball, but it's – And I always have these golf analogies because that's basically my whole life is is doing this and playing golf. But it's kind of like that round you play, Jason, you play a lot when you're missing every green just by a few feet. You're just off and you can't figure out what you're doing wrong, but you're just off and you can't. It's it's so much that you can't overcome it. And so on a lot of these in a lot of these games, the Georgia game, there were times even before the fourth quarter when they would jumpstart a drive. Or, and it would go pretty well, and then it would just fall flat. They just couldn't finish it. Something was missing, but that's been the problem all season. And So I don't know what the solution is, but I do agree with Jason. I do think Auburn actually has to pass first to, to get the running game going. Now, they'll, they'll, I'm sure they'll try to run as much as they can early, but I think you've got they're going to have to soften them up because I'm not sure they can. Even though Alabama hasn't been great against the run, I'm not sure Auburn's the kind of team that's just going to line up and run against them, to be honest with you. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, You know, some of these games are just – whatever you think is going to happen, the exact opposite happens. It's crazy. But uh, now, uh, defensively, uh, I think Auburn's got to get some turnovers, like maybe not four like Florida. I'm sure they'd welcome that. But some turnovers, obviously, that goes without saying. But really, there's been chances in these big games. They were pretty good against Georgia, but a lot of those three and outs. But there's been chances against Florida and LSU where they had them pinned deep. And – they didn't give up a, a scoring drive, but they gave up enough of a drive where the other team was able to flip the field. And if they can eliminate some of that and get maybe win that field position battle, uh, maybe, maybe they got maybe they can pull this off. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, I think Bo really played his best game in a big moment against a good team, the last uh, against Georgia. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I thought he was really good that game. I mean, you're going to have your misthrows here and there, but overall, I thought he was po- poised, composed, and made good throws all those slants to seth williams i mean those were most of those throws were right on the money uh so i think he's making nice progress and and quite frankly i think george's defense is a lot better than alabama's
2: i think the where i the one place where i disagree with y'all is i think alabama regard I, I i really no offense keith i pay no attention to how many five stars somebody's lining up with i, I only pay attention to how they play and uh I don't think Alabama's defense is anything more than average, and uh, I'm not sure it's better than LSU's. It's a lot like LSU's to me.
3: Well, but Auburn struggled against LSU, and quite in frankly, Florida. Yeah, I, I, no, I, under- I understand. But Florida's defense, and granted, it was loud as heck down there too. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Florida's got a dominant defense, and and Auburn had trouble there too. And in fact, Florida. Uh, weakness on their defenses up the middle, and Auburn was unable to exploit that. Now, like, I know. I, Well, I know that, I, that was going to be my point. I know, I know that that's what you've said, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you there. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm trying to think. How many points would they need to score to win, and how are they going to get there? And and obviously, we don't know the answers to any of that stuff. But I mean, as you're trying to pick a game, you have to come up with something, and, and it's hard. It's hard.
0: I think Auburn's problem, and, and we saw it specifically against Georgia, and Georgia's obviously a fantastic defense, is that uh, it's Auburn's pr- pr- troubles this year isn't in the red zone. It's between the 20 and the 40-yard line. When they When they cross midfield, they are just struggling for some reason to get things going to get into the red zone. And you look at that Georgia game, the reason why they lost that game is they got beyond Georgia's 40-yard line seven times. They scored three touchdowns all in the fourth quarter. Georgia only got past the 40-yard line three times itself, but they scored touchdowns each time. Um, if you if you cannot finish drives, and everybody focuses on the red zone, but, man, you cross the midfield and then cross the 40, you got to get into the red zone, and, and Auburn just wasn't able to do that against Georgia, and credit Georgia's defense, obviously, but that's what kind of gives me hesitation, even against Alabama, which... I know you guys don't believe it's an elite defense. I think they're still above average. and I agree. Aub- Auburn's shown that even against above average defenses, they have struggled um, offensively. And I, I, I just – and I think this Alabama offense is still very explosive, even without Tua. They've got some fantastic receivers. And Najee Harris is just a bruiser. I – I've got what makes me hesitate about picking Auburn in this game, even though this is one of those games where I I like I go in and I go, I'm going to pick Alabama, but I'm pretty sure Auburn's going to (laughs) win. And I just, it's, it's, it's strange thinking that way, but I just have to go by, I guess, what's been happening over the course of the season. But I do get this feeling about this game. Like, like Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson, those guys, I think they're going to tear Alabama up for some reason. And it's just, but I just
1: don't know about the offense. I just don't know. Here's, here's one thing, one thing I'm sure of, sorry, Keith, uh, that I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. And I think as, as a play caller and as a head coach, that Gus Malzahn has to go into this game thinking we've got to be aggressive because one thing I'm absolutely sure of is that you don't need to be settling for 45 yard field goals on Saturday. Um, That's got to stop against anybody. Because of that, when I get inside the 40-yard line, it automatically becomes a four-down territory, and I'm calling plays as if I know I'm going four downs. I like um, that. Until I get get inside the 20. Sure. And then it becomes a different story. But in that medium range, I'm no longer on on second and seven. I'm no longer (laughs) automatically trying to throw the football because I've got three more downs. I I just don't think – You can continue to set up for 40 plus yard field goals right now, the way Andres Carlson's kicking from that distance. And you got to, I just think you need to be more aggressive in those areas. To me, that's something that I think you have to have a plan going into the game to do. We'll see if they do that on Saturday, but that's when it has to happen.
0: I agree completely with that, Jason. Absolutely.
3: But one, one thing we haven't seen yet is Auburn. Yeah, I can't remember the LSU game, but against Oregon, flat start. Against Florida, awful start. Against Georgia not an ideal start when you miss a field goal then you're down seven then it's 14. what we haven't seen yet is Auburn kind of assert itself early in one of these games and perhaps this is the week they do that and that changes the well, dynamic it, of an it, entire game
2: it did at Texas a a.m uh well
3: yeah that's true and I'm not I'm not downplaying Texas am but I mean
1: but yeah one of, of the, these yeah the elite teams you played
3: yeah and they're not bad obviously I, I don't
1: I don't think they're great well, but, yeah, it, it, but you it,
3: saw what happened but Philip you make a great point you saw what happened in college station right, when they it, did that you know
2: here's the thing that I that I can't get my hands around okay texas AM is a i think a little bit better than average team it's the biggest win alabama has uh i mean i guess I, i'm not sure that i understand how, how really how to evaluate alabama because yeah. most of the games most of their games have been bad against mismatches and not just mismatches cause of how good they are but mismatches because of how bad the other team is. And but, uh, no,
0: my, my kind of argument to that would be is that Alabama's scoring gets everybody, even, you know, obviously LSU. And we want to dog LSU for maybe having a average defense. And that's one reason why the college football playoff committees put Ohio State over LSU in the rankings right now. But but having said that, I mean, Alabama's played the schedule was given, obviously. They haven't beaten their marquee win, as you said, is AM but against every opponent including LSU they they've scored and no one slowed them down this season yeah but they've had two or two that, i mean that's true um yeah, certainly they, i think it's a got,
1: complete, I think it's a completely different the, deal they still have the the single not even, not even close right the other 10 guys on offense are the most talented guys I've yes. ever seen as a group uh, this year. I, I i don't argue that at all and, and uh, those and, and, and
0: those <laughs> receivers are the
2: best
1: and, and that's the thing. Even with Tua, it, most of those passes were six-yard passes where guys went 80 yards. And that's,
2: and that's what's going to get interesting because I, I don't know that – I haven't seen a team this year personally that tackles better in space than Auburn does.
0: That, and that's a great point, Philip. That's a great uh, point. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I, I think back to to the second half of last year's game. If you can't establish and 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 move the ball on offense, sooner or later – Eric Brown, Marlon Davis, and those guys have to come out of the game if they're on the field. No, there's six,
2: no question. No, and that is a huge can,
1: part of this. That's game. it. Can can the next group of guys on Auburn's defensive line get pushed without blitzing? The thing because is that Auburn has it. to keep. They, Auburn has to
2: make first downs to win this game. I believe, I agree with that. Correct. That, that's why, that,
1: that, that's more important,
2: or not more important, but almost as important as scoring points.
1: Correct. And, well, and it's also why I think you have to be aggressive. Um, and when you get on the other side of the 50 and play as if you're playing for 10 yards. Now, obviously, if you look up in the middle of the second quarter and it's 7-3, to three, then you can change your mindset a little bit on how things go. I don't expect that to happen, but it could be. Um, but to me, that that's why I did, moving the football, moving the chains is one thing. And then the other thing to me that is huge – is you absolutely can't kick the ball to Jalen Waddle on Saturday. Oh,
2: no. Oh, no, my
1: gosh, no. Oh no, no,
2: no, no, no. Not
1: just no. because he's so good, but because Auburn's coverage teams have given up play after play after play. I, I like, don't
2: think you can even uh, – as good as Sipos is, I don't think you can assume that he's going to make a fair catch it every time. I think you just about got to kick it out of bounds. That's what I think.
3: Uh, well, yeah, Auburn's special teams have just been –
2: just, well, they they've been better. Yeah, just, late they've been better
1: yeah. lately than they were. Early. Well, yeah. yeah. Carlson struggled. Now, on you know, Sipos has been really good. And he's and, but, getting better, too. But once they catch the ball, is the issue. That's um, problem, the problem. Yeah. Coverage teams haven't been real good. Um.
0: And but so even I, that even that is improved. It was it was terrible got, in the first three early.
1: weeks. Yes, it oh,
3: almost awesome.
2: Oregon game,
3: really? Nothing. Yes. Uh, saw Jason and I were talking about this earlier. We saw a great stat on Twitter. It was somebody within our company, so I don't want to out the person. But they said, you know, Bama's defense doesn't get much credit. Auburn's defense gets a ton of credit. They both given up the exact same amount of points, and the person (laughs) neglected to point out the scheduling
1: discrepancy. That's part of the game.
3: Hey, look, there's years where the other teams got the tougher schedule, but this is a year where Auburn's schedule. They didn't play Duke. They played Oregon. They didn't, you know, uh, they played Georgia and Florida in the East, where you know Alabama played Tennessee, which has gotten better, but still in any good, and uh, and South Carolina. And then you have the fact that, uh, you know, maybe this is maybe is this the week all that pays off for Auburn? Maybe, but hit the mouth a bunch. You know? Yeah,
0: you know, the thing with I mean, as I said, I think Alabama is an above average defense. You mentioned both teams are allowing only 16.2 points per game. Schedules are obviously very different. The thing that stands out to me the most that just shows you this is not the Alabama defense as we've seen over the last decade is that they're eighth in rush defense against sec teams in the sec they have been number one or number two every year since 2011 in the sec and most of those years all but one is number one they have completely fallen off in rush defense and that that's a big big issue for alabama
3: well, and they've been starting – and, and uh, you know, Jason – and I followed this kid closely, D.J. Dale. They've been starting him at the nose, correct, Jason? A true freshman. right? Yeah, he's and, been and, starting and, since and, day one. And, Is he going to
1: play? I, I think he's probably going to play. I know he's he's been out of practice some. Without him, it's a redshirt freshman. They start another true freshman at one of the end positions because of the injury to LeBron Ray and then a couple of true freshman linebackers. Now, they're physical – but I think the key for it is, is to make those guys not be able to line up and come downhill. That, to me, that's the easiest thing to do. That's why I think you got to move those guys, put them in space, make them see some different things. And this is where you hear the term eye candy all the time. This is the week that that could pay off for Auburn because of those young guys on the Alabama defense if is, it's used correctly.
3: Is this also the week that if Auburn doesn't substitute nonstop throughout the game Correct. that they could Correct. wear out a defense?
1: I think, wear out, but mainly mainly, when you have a bunch of young guys on defense, those guys, there's only so much they can do, period, but there's only so much they they can do when you line up. And and, and, and you don't have to go extremely fast, but when you line up and get to the line of scrimmage, they can't be changing a ton of things on the other side of the ball with five, four or five freshmen. To me, that would give Auburn a big upper hand.
0: That's, I mean, it's a great point. When we're talking about this Alabama defense just – you know, Auburn. You know, Gus has been criticized for I don't I don't know fairly or unfairly. I somewhat think it's unfairly for being cute on plays and stuff like that. And they're well, they're mostly not working this season. But these cute plays also have worked against like Texas A and M Rounds, uh, um, like we saw with Anthony Shorts. My question is is kind of like where is that gone? Why? We always seems like every week we're asking about Anthony Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz, Anthony Schwartz, but why isn't he being utilized more, you know, on the outside and doing things like that? And is this a team that Auburn should be doing that against with Alabama coming to town?
2: The only thing I would say is I think people are when they see it when Anthony Schwartz is in there, they are they they are very aware. Sure. Uh of, of his explosiveness in the running game and uh and, 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 and try to play to contain it. And, uh, uh, but Gus would tell you that some of these cute quote, cute plays, unquote, are, uh, for, uh, one of the purposes they serve is making people spend time trying to figure out what, what they might be and, and, and working on them. You know, the trick play artist of all time was probably Bobby Bowden at Florida state. And, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, look, everybody would be happy if you could just line up and say, "Hey, we're going to turn around and give it to the tailback, and we're going to blow you off line of scrimmage, and we're going to average seven yards of carry and kick your butt." But uh I, I it's not like they run just just a ton of them, and I I don't see what the big issue with them is. To be honest with you, I don't know why it bothers people so much.
1: Well, here's the thing: to me, I'm I'm kind of on Brandon's side here. I don't think it's been done enough. If you had oh, told me uh, if you had told me before the season that Anthony Swartz and Eli Stove combined would have 18 carries in 11 games? Yep. I'd have said you're out of your mind. Because we talked about this for a long time and talked about what things this offense can do. Um, I think back to to the Ontario McCalebs and those guys. But Essentially, in the running game, that's who Anthony Swartz and Eli Stove is. Ontario McCaleb McCaleb was – seven eight nine carries a game and you made those guys chase them from sideline to sideline yep and it wore this is the time you could do a lot more of that hey it might not work the first three times but to me those guys only 18 carries especially to me eli stove has seven carries i think he's a really good runner and one of the reasons why he's shown that yeah he will plant his foot and he'll get three or four yards and so is, it's very yeah. rarely does he have a losing, you know, you know, lost yardage play. Which is a matter why of fact, Eli, yeah, Eli Stove has zero lost yards on seven carries this year.
0: Yeah, which is why I don't understand. Like when they have utilized him here the last few weeks, they've mostly been doing these screens and things to him, where yes. it all depends on him breaking a tackle. And Eli Stove's a fast guy, but he's not necessarily a guy that breaks tackles.
1: No, he's a guy that can get once he gets downhill. He's a he's a really good runner. Right. That's why he's been so good on those things in his career, and why the underneath screen for the touchdown was a great play the other day too, because it allows him. Hey, one one guy, we're gonna run to the corner and see who can win. Um, but to me, I I agree. when I look at this, I go to me those two guys. The touches maybe in the run game um, that may lead to a lot more in the middle because we haven't seen that where you're bringing that guy in motion. And giving him the ball a ton with the running back coming downhill as the fake. Like Gus Malzahn used to do that a ton. Those young linebackers, one step, if you make them one step pay attention to to DJ Williams or or Booby, and one of those guys gets a ball, it could be a touchdown. And and I think you gotta make those guys see as much of that as possible on Saturday. I agree. Where's the
0: flair and the pizzazz? Uh, gone with the wildcat formation because we almost we almost saw a jump pass and then it was blown dead uh with whitlow but you know guy coming in motion no no handoff anything Uh, like that with whitlow
1: that's the thing i'd hand off about five times in a row because i would make them play something else other than just crashing down on me every time
2: the 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 you know they've actually uh, again unlike the perception of a lot of people but they've actually had a good bit of success always with a wildcat and some, some of our posters act like Auburn's the only team that runs a wildcat, which of course a lot of people do. But I think the thing that gets to people is just like the fourth down play against Georgia. It was just puzzling. I mean, it was just, uh, uh there was nothing. He just snapped the ball to him. And it, what was it? Fourth and three or something or one yeah. or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, I had no, I had no problem with him losing 13 yards on that play. Cause they had him stopped and he was desperately trying to try and find a, Right. It's down. Yeah, it's fourth down. So but uh but it's it's things like that that make you scratch your head a little bit and so you know, and uh and of course the picture's been out there uh, George's entire defense almost lined up to the right side. And, yeah. And I guess yeah. my question is if I be Whitlow it looks to me like he would have seen that and just said, Heck, I'm going this way where there is nobody.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, you know, I, I just, I wonder about the, uh, I mean, obviously those plays are pretty much predetermined. I don't think he's making his, his reads and everything, but maybe sometimes as a player, you just got to take it in your own, own hands. But just go, like if you're a I'm quarterback
2: gonna, and, you, and you see a receiver out there with nobody covering, right? Like, like with the Eli to Stove like, touchdown pass right,
0: against Oregon. Yeah.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um. And then, and that comes with confidence and running, running the wildcat. I, I would think Whitlow would have that by now. And I'm sure, when when you see that and you watch it on film, maybe he's think he's going to sit there, and think, okay, if that happens again, I'm going to make you this. We'll see. Um, so well, let's go into some like I guess predictions and and what we see happening. I I I'll I could just start and just say I, I don't know what this score is going to be right now. I think it's going to be the 20s, but I, I Auburn's offense leaves a lot to be desired for me against above average defenses and i i just have an issue of siding with auburn in this game and thinking they can score 28 points against an offense that is scored against everybody i think auburn's going to hold them below their average but um and holding under 30 points really for the first time all year but i still have i still have questions about auburn's offense and i think i'm going to go with alabama in this one
2: well, as y'all heard from what I said, I'm sure I, I, I'm going to go with Auburn. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I think a couple of things, I think the you know Alabama's offense, yes, they have unbelievable receivers, but the guy, the guy who has made it all work, isn't there. And instead you're going to have a quarterback who might be a good player making his first road start in a extraordinarily hostile atmosphere. He's never he's never going to be able to hear. Uh, I just think it's a really tough ask for Alabama, and I and like I said, y'all 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 think more of their defense than I do. I I I think the the eighth place against SEC teams against the run says a lot. And uh, I've been seeing these games for a long time at Jordan Air Stadium, and when I when I basically when Auburn is good, they win against Alabama at home. I mean that's the only time it didn't happen was in 2001 and uh so I'm picking Auburn you won't be surprised
1: here for me it comes down to do i think this particular auburn team can line up okay even even if against just a good just a good defense can they line up and run it enough um for me i think it takes 150 i think you look at gus mauzon's history um, when they run for 150 plus, they score points and score points in bunches. When they don't, it's a struggle. Do I think this team can line up and run it for 150 against this team? Yeah, I do. But I think you got to throw it a bunch and and mix in the run and do some of those things. I just don't know that I that Gus Malzahn's going to do that. And the so it's thing, hard, it's hard for me to believe in 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 seeing that on Saturday. The other thing is that you
2: know these little short passes are really almost an extension of the running game. That's not just at Auburn. That's just about everywhere these days with RPOs and all this stuff. So, I mean, a, a quick pass to somebody at line of scrimmage isn't much different than a running play. But uh, uh, but I agree with you. They got to run it. I, they have to. And if they don't, they're not going to win. I just believe they'll be able to. I'm not saying they'll – however they have to go about doing it, they got to have to be able to
1: run it. Yeah, and, and – I,
3: I, I think – I think. Go ahead, Jason.
1: You know what I'm going to say, when you look at it, To me, um, there's a couple of things. You look at Alabama's rushing stats, and boom, they kind of jump out in the league. But when you look a little deeper, you look Ole Miss with a running quarterback, 279. Mississippi State with a guy that can really run, 166. Yeah. And LSU with Gokad Edwards-Hilaire because they threw the ball to set up the run. Other than that, I mean, South Carolina ran for 135 early. Um, But, you know, they haven't given up big numbers. And I just, I just, this Auburn Auburn offense, the way it sits right now, I just, I can't trust them to go out there and line up and run the football and and be successful. If they do, I think they win. I I just see it tough. And that's why I think Alabama wins, you know, a a 20s to upper teens kind of game on Saturday.
3: Well, for me, it's more of not as much about how good Bama's defense is or isn't. It's, I just don't have a ton of confidence in Auburn's offense. And I think after 11 games, I think we sort of know what they are. Now, that doesn't mean you can't break out and all the little things that have gone wrong in previous games aren't fixed. I'm not saying that at all. We don't know. But I think we have a large enough sample size now. Uh, And granted, a lot of those tough games were on the road, I understand. But Georgia wasn't. Um, And so I I just think, okay, so how many points would they have to score to win? And in my head, and it could be totally wrong here, I'm thinking 27, 28 points is what it's going to take. And I don't. I just keep thinking, how are they going to get there? And I don't know if they necessarily need to run for 100, 150, 200. I mean, 200 would be great, obviously. I think they just need to be able to run when they need to be able to run. Can they get that yard when they absolutely have to get it? And I haven't seen enough this year to think they can. Uh, so to me, for Auburn to win, saying all that, I still think they can win, uh, and not not a pie in the sky like they have a legitimate chance to win. Is I think it's may take. This may be one of those games where it may take something magical on special teams. It may take a long field goal. It may take a pick six. And you know what? That's okay too if you win that way. Uh, the defense has been very good, and maybe that's the one thing they haven't had is that a defensive touchdown or two, and maybe this is the week that happens. They're going to put a lot of pressure on this kid, like you said, Philip. Uh, Mac Jones, a great great young kid, by the way, they're going to put a lot of pressure on him, uh, and they're not going to make it easy. He's going to be uncomfortable. If he doesn't get rattled at least at times, it'd be a surprise. Uh, that doesn't mean he can't win it obviously but it's going to be a lot of pressure on him so there's your chance to make something happen in, in the turnover and the return game uh, with an interception or something like that so to me that's how it would probably have to shake out now obviously we don't know but that's that's just my thoughts on it i'm picking Alabama uh, by eight or nine ten points in that range but within the margin where i think if auburn can start well early again that's what i want to see you know they did it against am and nobody else it could be a totally different situation but again, I just want can they run it when they absolutely have to run it is the key and i, I we just haven't seen that yet.
0: It's gonna be interesting. Um, this is a first game in a while where a lot of us are picking against Auburn.
1: Um, yeah, y'all
2: making me feel bad. <laughs> here, here, here's, the
1: other, here's the other part of this equation. We talk about Auburn's defensive line being incumbent on getting pressure on the quarterback. We've seen these things a long time. We saw it at LSU. How the game is called determines how much pressure Auburn can get on the quarterback. And if they, if you know, if they don't, if they're not calling and and they're tackling guys on the line of scrimmage, and you're not getting pressure, then that's an issue, and that creates even more of an issue trying to slow down the passing game. To me, I don't expect that they're going to call a bunch, and 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 that's over the course of this season in history. And so, for me, I think it's going to be tough for those guys to get a ton of pressure up front without blitzing because I just don't think they're going to, you know, get turned loose a whole lot.
2: I, I, I think maybe the one thing I I, I I think the i think the loss of Tua is uh, not criticizing anybody. I think y'all are underestimating how important that is. I, I, he, he has been the person in that offense. Yeah, I know about the receivers. I, but he has I, been he has been the guy. And this kid has never even been in a game like this.
1: I'm not underestimating and, and Certainly
2: not in an atmosphere like this. I, well, I'm not underestimating I think Alabama's still, gonna have a hard time scoring.
1: I'm not underestimating it, but but how I mean, how many points is it worth? Is it worth half of what they score? If you take away what half of what they score, now Auburn's defense is better than that. We're, well, we're, well, but I'm still well, picking well, I still picked Alabama to only score twenty one points. Yeah. It's not. It's not how much they score. It's can Auburn's offense score enough? I think that's where yeah. we're on. It's not. It's not about Tua. It's about yeah. Auburn's offense more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right, great well, we, points. We know what Auburn,
3: we, we we know what Auburn's defense is at this point. Again, I think we. I think we know what Auburn's offense is now. Well, that doesn't mean again they can't have a breakout game. But it's it's we're now eleven weeks in and it just it just hasn't happened yet and uh, but I, you know you see pieces though and I think you are you guys all agree there were pieces of that Georgia game where you're like okay they're moving it now they're they're clicking here and then something would fall apart maybe this is that week that it, it doesn't fall apart but you're right Jason I mean how many points what's it going to take how many points is Auburn going to have it. to score that's what I keep coming back to and and then I'm thinking okay how can they get there that's why I really think a couple turnovers inside the red zone which again speaks to Phillip's point you know if this this kid's rattled it can't happen there's no question about it. Hey, look, Philip, you've seen better quarterbacks and more established quarterbacks go into Jordan Hare and not do a whole lot. Uh, and, this, no, and this kid, we don't know what he is. We don't know what he no is. That. Yeah,
2: I don't know anything about him. But, uh, but I, you know, I I just I think that, that's the best way to put this. I think that, you say, had you rather have Alabama's offense, who would you take, Alabama's offense or Auburn's defense? Who, who wins that battle? I think Auburn's defense does have Alabama, Auburn's, Auburn's offense and Alabama's defense. I think Auburn's offense has a better chance to win that battle than Alabama's offense does to win the battle against Auburn's defense. That's the bottom line.
1: Yeah. But it, but it comes down to which one is closer to what you're doing. You know, I'm saying like Alabama's, it'd be different if Alabama's offense averaged 30 points a game and your, and your offense averages, 27 against good teams. I'm not talking about overall. I'm talking about against the best teams you play. We yes. only have one of those for Alabama. We only have one of those things to, to go on. Um, so the the margin of error is much greater for Alabama than it is for Auburn because of the the fact that they've got ability to score points in bunches and you don't, even against anybody. And so that's to me, that's the thing I look at. I look at, yeah, I think Auburn's defense, I'll take them all day long, but can you score enough points to win? That's, and that's what it comes down to. Right, okay. Well, and also,
3: and, and I, don't, I'm not, I don't want to be critical of the Auburn defense at all. They've been fantastic. But there have been moments in these big games, and you could argue all day that, hey, look, the offense didn't get it done. But there's been moments in these big games where they just needed that one extra stop. And granted, that's a lot of pressure on these guys. I get that. But that one extra stop, that last 90 seconds of the first half against Georgia was crucial. Uh, that that long drive that LSU had, that long play that Florida had. If they can eliminate those, and I know you've talked about that, Philip. If they can eliminate those one or two plays, then that brings them a little bit closer to, to Alabama as well.
2: Well, I, I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing where we differ the most is I think Auburn's already a lot closer to Alabama than y'all do. Uh, you know, this Auburn team could. Derek Brown, Derek Brown doesn't fall down. DJ Williams doesn't run out of bounds for no reason. This Auburn team may well be playing, to going to the playoff day, and be the exact same thing that it is. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, I, 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 well, that's true. I, I no, that's true. Agree but of, didn't I'm, it, not, I'm that, not
1: picking Alabama to win by three touchdowns. I'm not. I'm, no, not, I'm, not, I'm
2: not criticizing anybody. anybody.
1: I'm, that's what I'm saying. Though, I no, mean, and, like, and, it's
2: not.
1: And, and Philip, I
2: agree.
3: I agree. Game. Oh,
1: sorry. I just say it's a close game.
3: Well, Philip, and I agree with you completely, but they didn't make those plays. And it just, for some reason, this team is so close, but, but so far away at the same time. That's what it feels like. Uh, uh, so far away? Well, no, no, no. But look, I, yeah. I, that's not, no, no, no. That's a figure of speech. I'm saying, yeah, they could have won those games, but they didn't. That's the bottom line. Yeah. You know? yeah and I'll and look, that. They, they got a good team. I mean, there's no question. They were in all those games. There's no question about it. But they just couldn't quite get over the hump, you know?
0: How close is Gus Malzahn to getting a new extension? Do what? That was a joke.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, I was say, Phillip, ph- going on no. I don't know about.
1: Everybody's being Phillip really Malzahn, serious, so. So close, so yeah, far
3: Philip, Yeah, Philip, that was your best answer of the day. I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know, but uh, the, <laughs> Gus Malzahn's status. I I think you'll be back. I'll say that before we go any further.
0: I I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Have have there been rumors?
3: New CBS Sunday.
0: You collect rewards, right? This
3: is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars.
0: How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool.
3: Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.
2: Paramount Plus. Paramount+, and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
0: Okay, I want to talk about basketball. We haven't done that on the round table here, and, and uh, we're already seven games into the season. Auburn uh, won the uh, Legends Classic in Brooklyn uh, this week and, and did so impressively. Uh, went in by double digits in every game. Um, Austin Wiley coming to life. Isaac Okoro just looking like a guy that might be a lottery pick if he continues to improve. Samir Dowdy taking over as the leading scorer and the leader of this team, really in a lot of ways. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing, and what I really like what what I'm seeing right now from them is their defense. They have been incredible defensively here this season.
2: Oh, it's been unbelievable. It's uh, as we were talking before the podcast, I've been, I'd, I've been watching Auburn basketball for half a century, and with maybe one or two exceptions to watch this team, just go out and say, well, we might not shoot well and we might do this well, but we're just so much, we're just so much better than you. We're just going to beat the heck out of you anyway and do it. it's, uh, it's been something to watch an Austin Wiley for the first time, really, since he's been there has looked like, or certainly he did in these two games looked like what he was expected to look like when he came, which is a, a really overpowering force on the inside, on both ends, and uh, and, uh, and that's 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 a great thing for a really nice kid that's worked really hard and been through a lot, and uh, if he can keep it up. But uh, heck, this th- this team right now to me looks better than last year's D team did at this time in the season.
1: I to me the thing that stands out is physicality when you look at rebounding um defense it's a different makeup um no doubt. The this team has made they're longer they're more physical you have isaacoro a guy that can guard a point guard a power forward to everybody in between yeah that's, that is a huge huge difference for this team and yeah. what they didn't have last year and what you're missing from jared harper and bryce brown in terms of long range right now you're getting much more in the in the paint. Uh, around the rim doing some of these. This team drives much better. Samir Dowdy's playing great basketball. Um, Javon McCormick doing his job. You got a lot of guys that are playing their roles right now. And <clears throat> I watched a good bit of college basketball already. I don't know if there's a team in the country that has played as consistently well to start the year as Auburn has. I agree. I agree. They really only, you know the second half
2: against South Alabama was pretty rough, but it's But other than that, uh, I mean, they need need to start making free throws more. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a little troublesome.
1: That's going to be a key for them. But I mean, you look and see, I mean, Kentucky and Duke have both already lost home games this year where they were both 25 plus point favorites. Yeah. Um, this team has talent. You know, they might not be as highly rated talent, but I think from one to eleven. This team's as good as anybody in the country. And and can they continue to come on? If they continue to improve, this team's gonna be a force to be reckoned with again. I agree. I
2: tell and you it, it was amazing watching that Duke game. I watched it, I didn't watch the game, I just watched the highlight at the end. And uh uh that guy comes out of there with a ball and four Duke guys just stand there and watch him. One guy chases him and uh can't catch him and he lays it in to win the game. It was, that was I, watched,
1: I watched the final Five or six minutes of that game, and Stephen F. Austin took the fight to Duke. And that's what you I mean, we've seen it happen. These these teams are really talented, but when the makeup is mostly freshmen, yep, yeah, sometimes yep. you just don't know how to respond. Um and that's that's the thing you look at. And we've seen it. I mean, hey, we can come back to this this stat once again. How many, how many Duke teams have made the final four in fifteen years? Two, two, yeah, yeah. Um, Kentucky has, I mean, you know, you, yeah, they've been t- extremely talented, but I mean, how many Final Four runs have they made recently? Not a ton. They've only uh, won it once under Calipari, yeah, right? All yeah. those guys. You yeah. start looking at at the teams that in college basketball that are making it. They have a a mix of veterans and, and young guys. Auburn last year did. Virginia, obviously. <clears laughs> heck, I mean, but you look at the the teams that have come on. I, you got to have some of that experience, um, and Auburn's tested those guys this year already. I think those, that trip to South Alabama and you know, playing, these guys have seen a lot of different things already. I think it's going to be good for them down the stretch.
0: Well, what you've seen these last few years, especially with the national champs and everything and the teams in the Final Four, is they've got a good mix of upperclassmen and then like a really stellar freshman, maybe one-and-done player. Auburn's got that this year. Yep. Um, they've got the seniors, obviously. Daniel Purifoy is playing very well right now and has found his role, and he's very active. I, I, I think he has really come on in his understanding. I think what for, for, for Purifoy, what did it for him was in those last three games in the NCAA tournament right. when they had to have him step up, and he just played his tail off in those games. wasn't necessarily having to score... But he was getting rebounds. He was fighting in the paint sometimes. And it's carried over to this season. And it just shows you how much effort and learning and going into your final year that that it all kind of comes together sometimes. And Okuro is just the smoothest player on the court as a freshman. Uh, That guy is so fun to watch. He's going to keep growing this season. But anyway, that good mix of the senior leadership and then you've got a great, talented freshman – like Okoro, uh, man, when those two things start meeting in the middle, which they're starting to anyway already, things could be special. And here, here's one stat that really stands out to me, guys. And and Bruce Pearl said this before the season that they're going to win differently this year. And Philip, we were talking about this before the podcast about how Austin Wiley is playing in an offense now here under Pearl that fits him better, and what we're seeing is not only is it benefiting Wiley, but because of the three-point line moving back, it's affected other teams. And so Pearl knew that was coming and has players that can do things inside the basket, can hit jumpers if they need to. And this is the status really stands out to me. Auburn was like, uh, oh, I'd have to look it back up. I, I thought I was prepared and I wasn't. Anyway, Auburn this season is 10th nationally and two-point field goal percentage 10th three-point field goal percentage not that great obviously last season they were fantastic shooting the three ball which is you know the reason why they won so many games but this year it they have completely flipped it and it's it's such an incredible uh turnaround auburn was 103rd last season and field goal percentage inside the arc. They're 10th this season. Wow, Uh, I got got you right
1: here. Auburn is now 13th after last night, 58.5%, 51.7% last year from two. So you're up seven percentage points and shooting more twos than you did last year.
0: Right, exactly. More opportunities to screw up, and yet they're hitting more percentage-wise. That's they they're just they're so long they're athletic and it's really helped them in in this transition with the three point line moving
1: back. Well, and, hey, while know, while, while, that, while I'm looking that, at the, while I'm looking at those stats real quick, uh, Dayton former Alabama coach Anthony Grant Dayton Flyer, 71% oh, yeah. Flyers seventy one
2: percent this year.
0: Woo! They yeah. beat uh, Virginia Tech uh, last night didn't they? Like a like, like, yeah
2: bad bad. I'll tell you and, what Anthony uh,
0: Grant, Anthony Grant can coach um uh, we saw that before he was at Alabama um I you know I, I I don't know I guess something just happens to basketball coaches when they go to Alabama here in the last 10 15 years but uh man grant can
2: coach he always could you know the thing I think about Auburn's basketball team is last year I think other players had a tendency to to kind of step back for for Jared and Bryce and that's start i, I Obviously, whatever they did worked. It got them to the final four, but I think you get on a team like this one, everybody feels more a part of it. Everybody feels more a part of the offense and uh, inside and out. And uh, and I, I think they've gotten to me from watching them in the first game to watching them in the last game. They they have really uh, they've progressed almost every game. And, and uh, yeah, uh, they seem very comfortable playing together.
0: Another stat I saw, this is from from Twitter, so I don't know how accurate it is, and I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I don't know if it's accurate, but I'm a horrible journalist. But uh, Auburn defensively is holding their opponent's top scorers by an average of 5.5 points below their average. Um, they have just been shutting people down. And not, and not just shutting people down, but they're shutting down the star players and just completely discombobulating the offenses. And we saw that against Richmond Tuesday night. Richmond was a pretty good three-point shooting team. And, boy, they couldn't do anything against Auburn. No, Were they like 2 no. of 18 or something like that beyond the yeah. arc?
2: Yeah. Um, I watched them play Wisconsin, and I thought Auburn would have a hard time with them. To be yeah. Um, and they and, did for a little while. Did, yeah, for a little while. But for a half. And then they came out in the second half and yeah. said, "Yeah, oh, let's go up by about 16 how, how
0: about <laughs> that, by the way? Um, Bruce Pearl's a great coach. Um, I don't think there's any denying that. People downplay that a little bit as far as X's and O's, but if you watch his teams when they come out in the second half, more more times than than, than not, they go on these huge runs. Yep. And they he's changed things up. He, he is just a fantastic coach. And in the Legends Classic, that that's how they won the uh, both games going away. Is they came out in the second half and completely caught just the, the, the teams flat footed.
2: I... And basically ended the game. Yeah,
0: yeah. The teams were flat-footed. They were running by them, picking the ball off. Um, And that's the thing with this team, you know, defensively. Not only can they shut guys down one-on-one, but they clog up passing lanes. And it's so, um, it's like a house of mirrors. You can't tell if an arm's going to be in the way. And it's that length. They just get in there and they pick off these passes. And it's really, it's really fun to watch. Because it allows them to get into transition when they obviously have these have these picked passes and they start running up the floor. But I tell you what, this is a fun team to watch. Uh, I'm interested to see when the, the schedule obviously starts getting a little bit tougher when they host NC State, for example, on December 19th and everything. But, you know, they might not really be challenged until they get into SEC play.
1: I think you look at the way it sets up right now from a schedule standpoint, and uh, you're right. I mean, you start looking at it. Auburn is. I mean, it's seven and zero at the moment. You have Furman on December 5th at home. December 14th, St. Louis and Birmingham. Obviously, very winnable games. NC State, December 19th, not as good as they were last year. Lehigh, Lipscomb. So you you start talking about five more games. I, I would say that Auburn's going to be pretty heavily favored to be 12 and 0 heading into SEC play. Yeah,
0: you look at the Ken Palm ratings right now. The two best teams left. And the non-conference schedule are actually Furman, that's 68th, and NC State at 41st right now. And as you mentioned, Lehigh and Lipscomb, they're at 235 and 197. But uh, ask Duke what it's like playing a team that's ranked two in the 200s. 265?
1: Is that what <laughs> we was last night?
0: Something like that. I, I, I mean, it's the biggest yeah, upset I, in 15 years, according to Ken Pong.
1: Yeah, I don't think that team is very good that they played last night. I mean, they they were five and they're like five and one, but they haven't really played anybody yeah. and, and yeah. lost to Rutgers by twelve on the That's road. That's all you need yeah. to know.
0: They they lost to Rutgers.
2: A
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> double business.
2: Rutgers, who may be the first team ever not to be able to hire a football coach, they just I say, "Well, we just we, we don't we not have one." How about that? I mean, Greg,
0: she, I mean, take the money, Greg. Go back that ain't up there. It the
2: truth. That ain't it the truth?
0: I don't understand that. Turn down $4 million a year thinking you're going to get yeah. like $6 million or something or whatever it was. Uh, that's insane. We're going to have another podcast this week with with Keith Niebuhr. He's going to be doing a recruiting podcast as well going into the Iron Bowl. Uh, outside that, go to auburn.247sports.com for full coverage of Auburn football and basketball, obviously, as we head into this Iron Bowl. I'll see you down the road. No
1: one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover.